we call this? Grubs of Games? Games and Grubs? Games and Grubs. Best podcast on the planet. You guys are great. Friendship with the Games and Grub podcast. It's Games and Grub with your host, Brian Gallagher. Hey, we know Brian Gallagher. Gallagher has trained for months and months for this moment. Zach Passios. The Mr. Zachary Passios. Some are saying that he's rivaling the talents of Zachary Passios. And Aiden Hatton. Aiden is like Kyler Murray. I've coined him the Marquette Marvel because what can't he do? Live on Marquette Radio. That's right, live from the Marquette Radio Studios, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It is Radio's Restaurant, the saloon of sports talk, from the diner booth to the radio booth. Games and Grub right here on MUR. We've got a great show coming up for you in the next 90 minutes or so. I'm Aiden Hatton alongside my two co-hosts, as usual, Brian Gallagher. Yo, yo. And Zach Passios. How are we doing today, boys? Dude. How are we doing? Dude, it's great day to be alive. It's 14 degrees outside Milwaukee here. But it, it felt like 40. It, it Honestly, it felt like 40 when we when we stepped outside. It did. No wind this morning, which is wind. Nice sunny day. Yeah, the, it, the feels I, I, like was the opposite of what the feels like normally is. I like normally is lower than the normal temperature. I thought my today. I thought my weather app was trying to like punk me. Like I thought Ashton Kutcher was gonna come out with the camera and like you just got punked. Like I thought I thought <laughs> like that was about to happen, but nope. Turns out it just feels a little bit nicer out than the app likes to tell you sometimes. We've got a great show coming up for you. Not talking about the weather throughout this entire show. Full crew is back. Zach is back from his hiatus last weekend, even though he called in. So we're going to have a lot where, of fun. Where were you last weekend? South Bend, Indiana. What were you doing down there? So I uh, watching a track meet, you know, the Mayo Invitational. Some of the greatest track athletes in the uh, in the Midwest gathered in uh, South Bend to, to race and compete and saw, saw a lot of great competition last week. Yeah. What did you, you see that you liked? Uh, I saw some quick miles. Patrick Hetledge yeah. ran 4.13. Yeah. It's well, a Marquette, Marquette uh, student there. That's ridiculous. 4.13 for a you, mile? What can you run in a mile, Brian? No, no, no. What can I do a 4.13 mile on? That's the real question. I can do it in my car. I can do it in my car real easy. <laughs> in the car. <laughs> Maybe on my bike for sure. But yeah, it's, it's good to be back after that, uh, that long weekend. And here we are. Yeah, let's get after it. Talk some Marquette basketball with you. Plus, the Super Bowl is tomorrow. Top five tweets, Super Bowl props, and football notes as well. We got X's and O's, plus all your gambling needs, which I know the Super Bowl will be one of the biggest days of the gambling year, as usual. Plus, we'll get into a little women's basketball at the end of the year as well. Some trivia, NBA trade deadline, which I know Brian wants to hit. Oh, so we'll get we his, have to. We have to. See, <laughs> it's, see it's how it's excited the, he dude, is. It's the juiciest uh, trade deadline we've had in a long time. Fraudulent. That see how excited Brian is. He'll give you the fix on the trade deadline coming up towards the end of the program. But first, as usual, boys, what was the best food you had this week? I think we've teased it too many teased it too many times. I'm starting to talk like Aiden, but Miss Katie's diner showed up last night. And it their, did. Their it meatloaf did. dinner that came with a side salad, some rolls with butter. Like it was good. The meatloaf was good. Hadn't had like a homemade meatloaf. It felt homemade, even though it was even though it was at a restaurant. And the the music added to it. Live music, live band. Miss Katie's diner up on uh, Clybourne. There, beautiful place. 
Okay. Yeah, Miss Miss Katie's was pretty elite. You know, I got some breakfast food for dinner. Uh, breakfast food beers, Brian. What did I say? The Triple B, the big baller brand of Milwaukee. Um, no, but that's not the best food I had this week. The best food I had this week, I had it for lunch. I had it two days in a row. I got the same exact thing: a Smoke Shack burger and a six-piece chicken McNugget. No, no, not a McNugget because it's not from McDonald's. McNugget. I feel like all nuggets are like McNuggets at this point, but it was much better than a McNugget. You can make that argument. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so I went to Smoke Shack for lunch uh, Thursday and Friday. Um, what do they got on the burger? Uh, so the Smoke Shack burger, I got a double on Thursday, so two patties, bacon, cheese, uh, shack sauce, and then those uh, like little peppers that they put on it. I never cheese? had a cheeseburger that tastes like that. Dude, it was dude, it was a really good cheeseburger. But what what really surprised me about the meal and what really completed it is the having the six-piece nuggets which like you wouldn't expect Shake Shack to have the best nuggets, but is I mean, a, is that a side thing like after you're done with the burger or Well, that- I mean, they have you can get the nuggets in the six-piece or the 10-piece. So when I I actually had them before my burger, I just cleaned through the cuz I was only going to have like Clean. Through. I was gonna like have one of them, have some of the burger, and switch back and forth. But after I had the first nugget, I was like, I gotta stick with these. And they have uh, they have like this cheese sauce that you can dip it in. Uh, overall, thoroughly impressed. Shake Shack is a. I don't know if it gets talked about enough, but when, I feel like when it does get talked about, it gets the respect. But I just don't think it's talked about I, enough. I haven't given it the respect that it deserves. Most likely, I certainly do. I never had a cheeseburger that tastes like that. That the shakes that the shack sauce, I think you're talking about like their signature sauce. I know a lot of chain restaurants talk about their own signature sauce. Shake Shack's is good. I think what Aiden, Shake Shack in all the sauces are the same. Hey, you worked in the nationally, you know, chain food industry. Are, yeah. we, are we gonna say this that a, they're all the same? It was a nationally syndicated chain restaurant. I, I never worked with secret sauce, but I'm pretty sure that all the secret sauces at all the different places are like 99% the same. That's what that's what they may say, but or that's what you may say, but they try to make them differently. Who knows? You, you can get the secret sauce like in a bottle. Like I'm shaking my head over here cuz I made that sauce before with like mayo and yeah, I don't even remember what yeah, I put in there. Yeah, it's just like the time Zach made cheese curds. I mean, that's that's definitely the same. Jesus, <laughs> over there. killing you! Good. <laughs> but you're you gonna come at the nationally syndicated. To, Zach loves when I say nationally syndicated to talk about working for the DA show because that's what it is. A nationally syndicated nationally show. syndicated. I don't know how else to describe show. it. Um. If, anyway, what was the best food you had this week, Hayden? I'm also gonna go with Miss Katie's. I had a burger. I had a bacon cheeseburger, and I think sometimes the best food that we have comes from the mystique of the place, like Shake Shack you talked about, and Miss Katie's. Last night, we were just took home from the dog park, came, we needed some dinner, and I wanted to go out. You guys were in a good mood after your working men Fridays, and we were like, all right, let's go out and want to try something new, kind of. We hadn't been to Miss Katie's we, in what? Our brainstorming years. for dinner really, really went around the block. At first, we were like, let's go to Oscars. Oscars, you know, good burgers, uh, nope. just a nice, nice little Friday spot. And then we we're like, ah, oh, no, let's, let's do like a brewery tour. Let's like let's go someplace new. Let's do a brewery tour. Like go to a brewery. So we start looking online and say, like, uh, uh, we've been there. Oh, we would go there, but you have to get like tickets the day before. Um, Beer then, tastes good. So we we go all around Milwaukee. Our brainstorming session and it ends back right a on, block away from yeah. our house, right at the block, right. At and and we were we were happy as clams. 
Yeah. How tough is it to find a new restaurant though? Because you got your your standards and you got the ones that you go to all the time that you're satisfied with. It's tough to like go out there and just be like, hey, let's try this place. What if it's not as good as an Oscars or a Miss Katie's? Then are we going to be a little bit disappointed that afternoon or that night? I think it's just like going on a date. You're going in blind to a lot of things. I mean, yeah, you might you might spend some money on some food that's not great. I I would say <laughs> that most places you go, you should be able to order something that you'll enjoy enough that it's not worth, or that it's not like you're not wasting your time. You know what I mean? All right, well, there's the best food you had this week. Weird transition sounder. Beer tastes really good. 414-288-7091. Again, 414-288-7091. Again, on Twitter and Instagram as well, at GrubMUR. I don't think I mentioned that yet this morning. All right, first order of business this morning is, let's talk some Marquette men's basketball. We opened the show with it last week. And a good preview today coming up against Butler right in the midday, right around 3.30 p.m. Central. Oh, a midday steak never killed anyone. So we'll have a great, fun midday steak. No, I'm just kidding. We will not. But eh, maybe, we, maybe we will. Who knows? So Butler coming up today for the Marquette men's basketball team. Obviously, the loss on Tuesday against number 24, UConn. Let's preface this conversation, boys, by... I found some great stats. Zach's a, Zach's a big stat guy. We're going to find some good stats to open the conversation. Are you ready? Let's do it. Most impressive stat out of these four. It's like a multiple choice question. The Marquette men's basketball team, number one among Big East programs in conference and season-long field goal percentage. Okay, They lead the conference in both season-long and during conference play field goal percentage. Number one among Big East programs in conference three-point percentage. Look at that number. You see that number? That number is 39.1% from three. It's ridiculous. Number one among Big East programs in conference steals per game, 8.8 a game. And then finally, number two among Big East programs in opponents' field goal percentage. That's 39%. All right, well, I'll tell you which one's not the most uh, impressive. It's the number two among Big East Get programs. Get out of here. That's no. my number one. Stop it. Dude, oh. we're number two. We're number Doesn't two. Matter. You got to You got to be – dude, we're the first loser in that category. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say I'd say the three-point percentage is the most uh, is the most impressive. Nowadays, you know, you got so many teams that, that – you know they want to they want to shoot the three ball so much, and they're just chucking shots up, and they're only hitting them at a clip. Of like as a team, you'll see teams that are hitting it at like thirty percent clips, and it's like, well, you guys aren't taking good shots. It seems like we take good shots. It seems like we take confident shots, and I think that shows in this in this stat. You know, thirty thirty nine point one percent, and I could I could honestly see it going up a little bit. Okay, I'm willing to be swayed here, Zach. Why is why is the opponent's field goal percentage number two in the conference the most important? You don't have to score. So many points if the other team doesn't score so many points. Right? Well, it's pretty so, e- it's pretty easy for us to score points. Obviously, we're number one in field goal percentage and in three point field goal percentage. Okay, but if we can hold them, hold whoever we play, Butler today, for instance, in Hinkle, if we can hold them down to this thirty nine percent field goal percentage, in the bag, that's game. Nothing else matters. We could shoot, we could shoot twenty percent from three, and we'd still win that game. Are you sure? Yeah. If they're shooting thirty nine percent, if we yep. shoot twenty percent, they're three, they're probably gonna win. Three. Zach, Zach. Oso's th- gonna hit every bucket. Kids like damn near a hundred percent. Dude, we saw Oso get taken off the line. 
Oh, that's where you lose me. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm I'm willing see, to be see, I'm willing to be swayed on which one is most important. I didn't think about which one is. I wanted to throw it to you guys. And kind of like the end of ten questions with Kyle Brandt, great podcast. If you're not listening to Games and Grub, the last question you can be swayed either way. It's kind of like an essay format. And what Brian talked about with the three point percentage, the way basketball in general, especially the NBA, but also college, how many teams shoot threes per game how many threes you take per game, thanks to Steph Curry and guys like Marcus Howard and Marquette, to be first in that category. Even all of us jumped at the gaudy number, 39%. I don't know how much that is, Greg Elliott. but Yeah, he's shooting like 50. He's still over 50, I think, if you're keeping track at home, Crazy. which is unbelievable. So the fact that they're shooting threes at this clip, that's also probably the most surprising I see out of this. You You know Marquette plays defense well. Obviously, with the opponent's field goal percentage and the steals per game, that's something that, you know, uh, Tyler Kolek has done well in terms of deflections and steals, other guys as well. But All right, we can we can keep, you know, uh, hyping up Marquette here, highlighting all these great stats, but we're coming off a loss, okay? We just went, in, we just went into Connecticut, came out with a big fat L after <laughs> Adama Sanogo just walked all over us. What did you see that game? Boys, like, like what happened? That Adama Sanogo yeah, walked over. That. I think it was in terms of an X's and O's standpoint. And and they shot. I mean, you're talking about 39 percent from three point for us, dude. Their team that game probably shot 60 percent from the three point line. They weren't missing in the first half. Yeah, I mean, so it was it was hard to watch. They just kept killing <laughs> us. For me, it was a mixture of those two things that you mentioned. UConn, especially in the first half, was shooting at an unbelievable clip. Didn't miss a shot. And also, the big guys that they have down low, especially Sonogo, ended up with 24 points. And the two guys that you're relying on down low, besides Justin Lewis in the paint, are Oso, like we just mentioned, Igdaro, and Kirkweth. And neither of them, I think, could handle that matchup with Sonogo in terms of rebounding as well, which has hurt the Golden Eagles all year. Offensive rebounding specifically. That's definitely an area that they need to improve. When, when we went smaller on Sonogo... We put we ended up putting Justin Lewis on him, and then we'd bring the help defender over more. And Oso and Kerr would either not be on the floor, or just not be. It'd in be the Omax. Right. Omax would be our yeah. tallest guy on the court at that point. So like a, a com- combination of Omax and then Justin Lewis has to be the body on him. Yep. I actually saw that strategy working pretty well, and I thought it took us a long time to switch over to that. It seemed like. Shaka figured it's, it out eventually. It, it, but it kind of seemed like within the first two minutes of the game, you knew that, I mean, Kerr wasn't going to guard him. Within Oso's first minute of the game, you knew he wasn't going to guard him. And then he kind of just kept gashing us. We didn't really start putting Justin Lewis on him until the second half. Yeah. Um, you know, I see this game a little bit differently in, in terms of just like how our season's gone so far, coming off of that tough, tough stretch. You're going into a game where you know you're going to have to fight on the road. And they did fight back. They just weren't able to get over the hump multiple times when they get down to one point, get down to three points a couple of times, then they bump it back up to nine. It's getting over that hump, and I'm honestly not too concerned about it just because of they're coming off that long, long, hard stretch of hard-fought games in the Big East. You lose one here, you lose one there. Move on. Let's take care of our cupcakes here and uh, have a good run in the Big East tournament. Dude, last last six games of the year I know we, we've kind of been through this we, we've talked about it like Zach said we just had a tough stretch of games we just played our last three games against ranked teams at Providence home against Villanova at UConn I mean you're not going to win all those games not not in this Big East now we got Butler Georgetown Creighton 
Butler again, DePaul, and St. John's. We we might be the single reason, not the single reason, but we might be one of many, maybe the turning point of Patrick Ewing's coaching career. What if what if we retired Patrick Ewing? Yeah, <laughs> that game. So that's the last. Is that the last game? You got to no. cue in the Reggie Miller clip. I thought I was going to retire Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, okay. So let's talk about Butler because that's the team. Obviously, you're playing today. Last Big East team to face. They have not. Like you said, it's still got two games left with Butler today on the road. What do you mean they're the last team we ha- we have to face? Ha- we haven't played St. John's yet, have we? Oh, that's true. Okay, yeah. Butler and St. That John's. That was the uh, posh. That must that must have been a misprint. Last big, not the last Big East team to face. I haven't played St. John's yet. That is true. Coming off a week where even even though that loss to UConn, like we just mentioned, among the non basketball thoughts, Justin Lewis was named a Naismith Trophy midseason watch list Whoop. member. <laughs> Whoop! Top thirty players in the country. Just players, not forwards, not freshmen, because I know he's considered a freshman. No. How, top thirty I, players. Okay, I get that he play that like you get the COVID year and like all that happened. He's a red shirt freshman, Brian. But he played the whole year last he's, year. He's a red shirt freshman. It's this dude, he's so, a sophomore. He's got, get, after call this, him, he's got three years. So the way ability. call him a senior plus when he's when he's a fifth year. Don't call, don't. He's a red shirt senior. No, no, no. He's a fifth year plus or a so, fourth year plus. He's a sophomore right now. What Marquette basketball does and athletics in general is interesting because in terms of that COVID year. Some universities, and some it goes by university, and some it goes by conference, how if they use that quote-unquote COVID year to back you up per se before, or excuse me, on the front end of a certain person's career or on the back end, and Marquette has applied it to their athletes immediately. So that's why Justin Lewis is a freshman on the books, so on the preseason watch list, and he's going to be huge. Does it does it even matter so, what year he is? It's, it's not like he's going to use all of his eligibility. Yeah, that was really great analysis, Aiden. I liked I liked hearing that the way you just said that. Yeah. Well, I explain give, explain the red shirt system to me like I am a three year old. <laughs> I, I that is not my own information. I give my hat tip to uh, John Luzzi at the sports desk because I know he's listening. Huge Games of Grub fan. I'll we'll talk about his 76ers later well, on. Well, well, let's talk. Let's talk about Butler a little bit here because you know I'm looking at the notes and I'm starting to get a little worried last five games they held their opponents to 16% from the three-point land on 91 shots it's 15 for 91 so are we are we going to be shooting closer to 39% or closer to this little you know 16% they they haven't seen Greg Elliott (laughs) I'm telling you they haven't seen Greg Elliott yeah they've probably they've probably seen people a lot more physically imposing than Greg Elliott (laughs) I'm gonna note I'm gonna note that as a drop so then we can make that a drop they haven't seen Greg Elliott yeah I want to make that part of the system they haven't seen Greg Elliott (laughs) I want to make that part of the system come on if you're not telling me that he's maybe the turning point from us being a good team to a great team, I think he's that senior that could really bring everything together with a three-point shot. Yeah. No. I'm telling you, like, he's the spark on offense we need when we're down 10 points in a game just to hit that one, get down to, you know, just keep moving. Get down to seven, keep moving down. Shout out to you, Greg Elliott. He's going to be in the sound system next week. He's right. No, you're, you're, you're partly right. It's just funny how, how it came out from an audio side of things. Uh, so Butler, like you just said, Brian limits its last five opponents to 15 for 91 shooting from three. Obviously, we just talked about Marquette's prowess from three to begin the segment. Also found stat I found, 
eight different Bulldogs have led the team in scoring this year. They're a pretty balanced team. What do you what do you think that number is for uh, Marquette? How many different people do you think have led our team in scoring? Four, three, th- Greg Elliott, Justin Lewis, and Marcel. Daryl Marcel. Marcel. Uh, Cam Jones, maybe one game. Yeah, maybe against like a non. Um, Omax one game, I think. Yeah, yeah. He actually had a standout game this past. We didn't give him the credit. I, he had a standout game against uh, UConn there. So, so I mean, it, and it seems like we've had a we've had a lot of different guys contributing a lot. So to have eight different guys on Butler, scoring, leading the team in scoring, that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's not like you yeah. got one guy to stop. You kind of have to take a holistic approach, and I I bet Shaka knows what he's doing with that. Um. I think our defense works that way a little bit better than stopping, say, one guy like Sonogo. I we do couldn't, too. We couldn't figure out if we're playing a balanced offense. Um, I think we're we're able to bring the team together on defense and especially the press. I mean, you you can't break the press. I the team we dude we, we haven't we haven't seen the like the full court press you know as much recently. I feel like is the full court press not not built for the Big East, or does Chaka just need different dogs to run it? I mean. He, Bro, he's got dogs. Does he? He's got Stevie Mitchell's a dog. Dude, this is his first year in the program. He doesn't even have the the team he wants. He's got dogs. Wait, wait till we get some shocker recruits in here. <laughs> that I I agree with Zach though about that press point and about Shaka Smart's defense because I think that's how you can attack or how he can attack well this Butler offense. They got a couple of names that you will remember, a couple of names you won't from the Big East in terms of. Their leading scorers, Chuck Harris, Jaden Taylor, and Bryce Golden. Bryce Golden, number 33 down low. He's the biggest guy down low, and that will be a challenge similar to what Marquette has faced with guys like Creighton, guys like Ryan Kalpgrenner. Uh, not as much of a, uh, excuse me, an athlete like Sonogo as we have a little uh, behind-the-glass audience on a Saturday morning <laughs> tour. Love to see it. Uh, I walked into, I don't know if I should be saying this, but the dean of the College of Communication, Sarah Feldner, I was working on a <clears throat> excuse me, school project the other day in the digital media lab, and all of a sudden she walks in like, like she's walking in right now. She can't hear me because we're behind the glass here. But she comes in and starts filming this video for a university advancement clip, and I'm working on my school project. So I all of a sudden had to be an extra, and she was a delight to talk to, talking about her and her son playing Game Pigeon games on iMessage. So she is a sweetheart. Shout out to you, um, Dean Felder. You, you missed one, Aiden. I'm sorry. You missed one guy on that Butler team who I'm not going to not mention here, and that's Bryce Enzi. Um, yeah, he's the Colin Gillespie of Butler. Because he, he can play basketball. He's, he's probably their guy, at least from my perspective. Um, how, how many years has he been there? You said he's the Colin Gillespie. I, I want to say that's minimum wanna, eight years. I want to say this is his eight or ninth year. Jeez. I really do. He, he's, no. not, he's not going to. He's not going to Butler. He's going to Hogwarts. He spent eight <laughs> eight years there. <laughs> he's a local guy as well from uh, Heartland, Wisconsin. Went to Arrowhead. He is twenty three right now. So we're gonna have to look up how many years he's been. Just a solid player. Low turnovers. Uh, can pass the ball. Not a big scoring threat, but can definitely command an offense like a Colin Gillespie can, just having that age and, and background behind you. Yeah, so, it, he, again, he is a graduate student. Did you know, boys, that Bryce Enzi played his first two years at UWM? I did not know that. Speaking of, UWM stinks. 
absolutely <laughs> awful. Sorry. We we turned on a UWM game. They're playing who? Northern Northern Central Kentucky yeah, State Technical College. Um, You're telling me there's a top five and, draft pick on that team and they can't beat a Northern Southern and, Eastern. And we're Kentucky. watching them in in Milwaukee, in in the Bradley Center, not the Bradley Center, Milwaukee Pan- Panther, Panther Arena. Arena. Okay, yeah, yep. his next door neighbor. Um, the place is empty. I mean, like you couldn't even fill a small high school gym with the amount of people that were there. <laughs> and Milwaukee is down by like twenty freaking points. Like, and 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 I thought I thought they were supposed to be good with Pat Baldwin Jr. You know, playing for his dad. But dude, they they were getting yeah, they were getting hogwashed. Smoke. I mean, hogwashed. Not, not good at well, all. A lot of Hogwarts hogwash. A lot of hog talk this morning. <laughs> yeah, guy that impresses me. Back to Butler. We talked about NZ. NZ and Golden will provide another challenge for the rebounding side of Marquette in terms of the X and O's thing. In terms of guy who can create his own shot, guy who won't play down low, that's Bo Hodges, redshirt senior guard. He played for East Tennessee State. This is his second year at Butler. He averages 8.6 per game. Watch, watching that game that they played against Providence, arguably the best team in the Big East right now, he can create his own shot and is a facilitator for them in terms of bringing the ball up, <clears throat> excuse me, getting guys in position to score. So that's the guy to watch for for me, Bo Hodges, number one, not number one in our heart because didn't he, no, I was going to say DJ Carton was number one. He was number 21. Real quick, DJ Carton yeah, thought, Brian. Come on. Can you talk about your tweet? This makes this makes the top five tweets of the week. What breaking tweet? news. The tweet that you had about DJ Carton. Marquette, Marquette basketball posted who's the best dunker in oh, Marquette yeah, history because yeah, yeah. Juan Toscano <laughs> Anderson's going to the dunk contest. Yeah, and and they say and and DJ says the school never shows me any love anymore. Yeah. You know, like like what like what's going on? I came here, I bled for you, I went, I battled for you guys, put the team on my back during a pandemic. Jim didn't catch car- carried the swag load and the workload. You've been dunking on dun- been dunking on people. Yep, and we don't show him any love. Best dunker in Marquette history, no cap. No cap. I got I got two likes. I had someone reply. <laughs> I had somebody reply to my tweet and say, at D. Wade, question mark. Like, dude, get out of here with that Dwayne Wade. What, what is he, 45 years old? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Can't D, dunk a basketball? I'm sure, I'm sure D. Wade dunking, uh, dunking through, through his legs, windmills. No. That's what DJ Carton's doing. He took He took the throne. Greatest dunker in Marquette basketball history. You, um, you no heard cap. it here first. You, I'm no going to be staring at that no TV cap. screen when Juan T. Anderson does something crazy, and I'm going to be staring right at your eyes after. Dude, we've, gonna, we've watched the dunk contest. staring you. Yeah, we watched Pat yeah, Connaughton. We watched Pat Connaughton, Pat Connaughton. Suck, it, suck it up in the dunk contest. <laughs> like, look look like some absolute garbage. <laughs> Get out of here, Brian. Get out of here. All right. I'm so, surprised the Bucks didn't cut Pat Connaughton after his dunk contest. I think that's it. I think we have to retire top five tweets after that because the defense that you made for your tweet about DJ Carton, best dunker in MUBB history with the X emoji and the cap emoji, obviously no cap. If you don't know, <laughs> what are you laughing at? No cap. Didn't we, uh, I was really hoping DJ Carton. I hope everyone knows in our audience what no cap means. Um, Do you want to explain no cap? That can be another it just means tweet. It just means no lie. Like, no lie. like you're not lying. If you're capping, you're lying. So exactly. don't, don't you shouldn't be capping out there. Like think about it. You put a cap on a jar. You, know, you put you know a cap what I like doing on your. You you go you go to your tweet. You click tweet analytics. <laughs> oh I have boy. 1,022 impressions. Wow, that's actually really 28 good. 28 engagements. 
12 detail expands and 13 profile visits. So 13 people clicked on what's yeah. your handle? Uh Games Grub Galley. How many See? people followed you after my, that? None. Dude, my first tweet is, yeah, I got the world today. No big deal. And it's the gif of Justin Jefferson <laughs> doing the gritty. <laughs> yeah, nobody followed me. <laughs> oh, it's too funny. All right, so there's your top one tweet. of. Oh, no, we said, so the three that make the list are, and there's just no stopping these, were the two DJ Carton tweets you just mentioned. Obviously, at Dwayne Wade, even though you put that guy into the ether and then lastly was the tweet that we we, the tweet that we referenced last night and said whoa we can't have a top five tweet this week that's number one it can't be stopped do you remember what it was i'm ready for it someone tell me it again this is a good one oh it's the the yeah yeah okay this is the best tweet of the week so after the nba trade drama went down the handshake tweet right that, that what we're talking about? Yes. The handshake tweet. So you got... You like put two things do, on either gotta, side of I gotta, the handshake. I got to find it so I don't mess it up. Um, and you want to describe how this tw- kind of tweet works? Do you have it? Do, do you have I it I never up? had cheeseburger that tastes like that. All right. You guys talk about something else. I'm going to find this. Um, All right. As a, a quick interlude here, we're going to introduce... We Like I just said, we're going to put... Uh, they haven't seen Greg Elliott yet into the sound system, if I can remember. I haven't played you this new drop yet. We tuned into Games and Grub, bro. That's a good one that as well. One. <laughs> so we're too, uh, tuned into Games and Grub, bro, at the end, which who, I like. We that? tuned into Games and Grub, bro. It's DA. That's also DA from this uh, January. So that's right off the press. Ooh. Obviously, adding to his catalog. Beer tastes good. Beer tastes really good. Yeah, and shout out to DA here for being, what, six on the list? Eighth, but who's counting? Eighth. You're counting. Way uh, to go, Bridget. Who puts out those reports? So that's a Barrett Sports Media publication. Shout out to uh, Jason Barrett for our good friends, D.A. and Sean Mraz, so both is, is that recurring like guests on the show. How does that affect their Nielsen rating? <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer is that nationally syndicated shows do not have Nielsen ratings, unfortunately, because of the list of affiliates that they carry. All right, you find the tweet yet? Dude, this is this no. is bad from the research department. All right, so let's just explain it. Okay, off the top so of you got Kendall Jenner, and you got the uh, bad Bro- from the research, and you got department. the broke, and you got the Brooklyn Nets, and they're shaking hands. And what are they shaking hands over? Trading Ben Simmons for a superstar. Gotta love it. You know, with that, that's no, just that's good. Stuff. I'm playing the top five tweet music. Those you, those this is just tweets, the one tweet that we have to play. Those tweets are. They're just a great formatted tweet. The handshake? The, the handshake, the, the triangle. I like the handshake on anything. Like, if it's, like, me going to Shake Shack, yeah. like, it's me handshaking Shake Shack. Like, like, if I text a group chat, like, yo, who's trying to do this, and everybody just, like, does the handshake yeah. emoji, yeah. that'd be a good response. That'd be yeah. a great response. I like that. I'm going to start doing that. When did yeah. it catch on? I feel like it caught on, like, Very maybe, maybe uh, four or five months ago. The handshake. Um, yeah, maybe a little longer than still, that. Still in this Dude, football it, season. It's hard to keep track of like when all these trends, you know, like pop we're, up and go away. We're old, bro. Yeah. That's like, why we, that's why we right. do top five he, tweets. Here's here's a, a top five post throwback if we ever did one of those. Oh boy. Um the, the like, oh, I'm a student athlete with all the emojis and like you know what I'm talking about? No. no like from, from way long like you'd be like 
right, I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find an example. I'm gonna find an example. You just stump Brian Dude. on his own brain. Um, old. All right, yeah, go find it. Go find it. Athlete. He's gonna lose it. We go need a new it. intern. Brian's not getting the job done. Oh my gosh. You think we, we could we could have anyone write uh, headlines about our show, Eden? Maybe oh we can hire an intern gosh. out of it. Oh my gosh, that was great. Okay, so that's your top one tweet of the week. It's Games and Grubs top five tweets. 414-288-7091. Again, 414-288-7091. Oh man, that was, uh, that was good eating by you. That was very unintentional, but it, it worked. I'm, I'm about to find it, okay? Okay, find that as we move on to. I, I can't find the one, the exact one I'm looking for, but the, like these ones. All right, I'm looking at it. Like, like the grind, like the grind never stops. You, you know what I'm talking about? The monitor. No. Okay, yeah, kind of. Yeah, Can you yeah, explain yeah. it? Yeah, I can't see it. So, the tweet is like bumps into stranger. Excuse me, student athlete. Excuse me. Like and then like an emoji. Ain't no time, no excuses. When you're on your grind, the grind never stops. And there's emojis everywhere, and it's like, you you've seen these? No, I haven't. It's just a it's just a mix of like muscle emojis and yeah. If there was a no cap emoji, Li- lifeguard, lifeguard, no running, student athletes. I'm running to the top. A couple emojis. <laughs> grind never stops. That's a couple emojis all day. Emoji. Uh, ain't no stopping me. Like the, like the fist, like That's the good. hand. That yeah. Give us one more. One more. Police officer, stop putting <laughs> put your hands in the air. <laughs> Student athlete, stop. I never stop. I gotta work and hustle. Married <laughs> married to the game. RIP uncle. Fly high. Romans three fifteen. <laughs> uh, okay, that's good. Uh, All right, so there's a there's a tweet trend. Thank God. But like, just... but like, so that was. I remember when that was popular. That was like 2014. So <laughs> crazy long ago. Like all these, all these little like tweet types and trends. They come and go so fast. Yeah. The red, the red, uh, the red flag one that just came up recently. Oh, yeah. That one was. That? Uh, it got kind of annoying. People, I hate that. People who are like, I'm coming off an example off the top of my head. Like, people who think. Ben Simmons can actually shoot in the NBA, yeah, and it's like red a flag, red, red flag, flag, red flag. Oh, uh, weird! Weird enough, I went to a red flag party out in South Bend last weekend. That there was just red flags everywhere, written in a house. So like, you'd walk up oh. to the cabinet, and the red flag is like eating snacks at a party, stuff like that. That's kind of funny. Is he insa- okay? This is games and grubs, sports, food, and everything in between. Is eating snacks at a party a party foul? Uh, if you're like Matt's brother's friends and just take all of our snacks yeah <laughs> dude i can i can be a heavy snacker <laughs> sorry if there's, Matt, if there's if a bowl listening. of a snack i can finish it like easy like middle of party i, I do anything if i'm hungry i'm hungry how about that pop i you know what perfect segment that popcorn at murph's same thing dude, popcorn at a bar is deadly it is a Lethal. business strategy that sells mm. more beer because it makes you thirstier the, uh, the only other thing I'd argue to have there is some pretzels. Plus, I just don't eat. <laughs> if I was Aiden's hungry, like, can we get some like pretzels and you know maybe some peanuts up in here? Aiden wants to drink all the beer they have. Well, he yeah. wants to do. He Peanut. wants all the snacks. He wants all the beer. I'm, I'm actually, I'd actually take peanuts or pretzels over popcorn. Three peas. Not talking about the five peas. Like, I think pretzels would be pretty elite if they had like. Um, these pretzels are making me thirsty. How about pickle Obviously, fries? The Seinfeld bit. Pickle fries, pretzels, or yeah, but like, popcorn. But pickle fries are like something you actually have to like make. No, you just right. throw it in the fryer. 
Have you never been to a bar? They don't they have a fryer there. They don't. Yeah. What don't, if a bar doesn't have a fryer? Bro, what kind of bar is that? Yeah, dude, bars that only serve pizza. <laughs> that, good, I love good that. type of establishment. Yeah. They have like a pizza oven. They yep. just crank them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It takes a lot, obviously, to front it, but you it can tell. No, it doesn't. No. Pizza oven. It's nothing. Well, versus nothing. I'm saying like Murphs doesn't have anything. They just pay for the popcorn. Speaking of uh, like uh, like appliances, like. Pizza oven. <laughs> do you do you have that? Well, this is going, this is going off the rails so fast. I hate to do this to our games and grub. I hate to do this to our games and grub listeners, but if we uh, don't talk about this now, we will forget. Do you still have that washer, the the dishwasher we can grab? No. Okay. What? All right. Yeah. No. Never mind. What do you never mean? mind. Never mind. Never mind. Why dishwasher. Can't, why can't a dishwasher and a dryer go together? Don't no, give no, me no, a BS no. answer. Dishwasher. A a clothes washer and a dryer. Why can't they be the same machine? I, I I'm asking. Do you know the answer? I I do know the answer. It, the the more answer. you try to do in one machine, the higher the malfunction rate goes up. Have you ever seen mm. an iPhone? You know how many things I can do on this. Mm. Malfunction well, rate's pretty low. S- Steve Jobs thought there was more money in phones than <laughs> home appliances. So you think so. Steve Jobs could have made a washer dryer combo? Yeah, I do. I think a lot of people probably could. <laughs> But the, but, the mal- but the malfunction <laughs> rate is too high. Oh, man. Okay. Malfun- Zach, Zach's malfunctioning right now. All right. <laughs> okay, let's, let's move on. Yeah, I think we got talk- Super Bowl. Let's Super talk Bowl. some sports. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> best best media week of the year. We, we, uh, we've talked about it before. We'll You're talk right. about it again. Super Bowl media week's fun. It's exciting. Everybody comes best, together. Best interview you listen to. Uh, on Radio Row. I, I listened to some good ones. Um... Debo on PFT with uh, with oh with PFT and Sims was good. Debo Samuel, uh, they had Micah Parsons on. He was good. Um, I listened to. There were some good ones on the Rich Eisen show. He had uh, Michael Keegan Key on uh, from Key and Peel. Yep, Keegan Michael Key. Sorry, Michael Keegan Key. <laughs> well, I, I honestly don't know what his name is, but that was a really funny one. Yeah, there was he hosted the NFL dude, Awards. Th- I mean, they they really just. It's a busy week for those guys. They got to be exhausted. Zach has his. What's your favorite interview? Yeah, Joe Burrow was asked about uh, if he never went to LSU, like how his career would have turned out. And he said, if I uh, if I stayed in that community college in Columbus, I wouldn't be here right now. Mm-mm. I'd be community a fry cook, college. I believe he said. So Wow, he's really dissing I love the that. Ohio State. What That little community college in uh, Columbus, Hayden? What are you wow. talking about? That is... Isn't that good? That's a low blow. That's some like... I don't know. That's some Anthony Edwards type uh, interview yeah. skills right there, <laughs> dude. Joe, I love it. Joe Burrow, icy, yeah. icy in his. Everybody, everybody thinks like I feel like the experts are pretty consensus on the Rams to win this game. And everyone I, is, yeah. It's, it's, right. Vegas Rams minus three and a half over under forty eight and a half. I believe it'll go up to four, four and a half now, depending on the number. Where but no, dude, it. I think enough people are betting on the Bengals though. And it's moving the line it's down. Keep I, it low. Yeah, I think. Right, I think it's going. It, it was at three and a half at a place I checked yesterday, but a lot of places still have it at four or four and a half. For I, your needs. I I don't know how much you guys will agree with this, but I heard somebody talking about the Super Bowl this year, and they're like, it's kind of refreshing. There's no villains in the Super Bowl this year. It's all good guy stories. People are gonna be happy for Matt Stafford if he wins. People are gonna be happy for Joe Burrow and the Bengals and Cincinnati if they win. That's a good point. We, we don't have we don't have any Tom Brady's to root against this year. We don't have any. You could argue that there are a number of fans that are pissed off. Joe, Joe Burrow is a Heisman winner and won a national championship at LSU, and now gets to complete the cycle here. 
I'm not one of those people, but is, you could is argue. Is this like the greatest run two-year stretch with an ACL injury in the middle of it that we've ever seen? I mean, yeah. wild. Yeah. Wild what he's done. Comeback, NFL comeback player of the year. That, that That's not a good award right there. Comeback player of the year. When they they weren't always giving those out, I feel like that's no, a good, that had to that's be, a new age. Yeah, thing. that had to be a while ago. But how many people? No, I like that. How many people make an impact right after an injury, coming off such a high stretch after a season where you don't play? Yeah, it's crazy. Exactly. So Joe Burrow, most people I think are pulling. If you're not a Rams fan, like you said, most people will be going for the Bengals in this game. They're favored by the three Bengals. and a half, four, four and a half. The over under is forty eight and a half. Quick, uh, we'll get to we'll get to much more prop bets here at the tail end of the segment, but we'll get to that over under in a second. The key matchup, I think, in terms of units, offensive, defensive, is going to be that Joe Burrow Bengals offense versus the Rams defensive line. You've heard about it all week, Aaron Donald against, and it's similar to last year's Super Bowl where we talked about Mahomes and that battered KC offensive line versus the Bucks defense that just immediately swallowed him up from the first quarter on. Are we going to see another game like that where Joe Burrow gets swallowed up by this Bengals D-line? Is he taking too many sacks? That's uh, that's not what the uh, Madden simulation says. So I, I do think the game will be won in the trenches, and I think that the Aaron Donald and Von Miller are going to get to Joe Burrow. They're going to they're gonna disrupt the game. They're going to mess the plays up. But I think the number one thing is, is like if we see L.A. go up early, they got to keep going up. They can't. They can't let up. They can't let the the Bengals hang around. They can't let the Bengals go into the locker room with confidence. That's what the Chiefs did, and the Bengals came out in the second half, and they came back. They kept their composure. They don't get nervous. They don't get rattled. They're just gonna keep coming at you. So if you get a chance to take a lead, don't like start changing the type of football you play. Don't start playing extra conservative, running the football. Play your football. Get the ball to Cooper Cup. Get the ball to OBJ. And score as many touchdowns as you can while you can. Okay, so if Burrow... Yeah, we got to pay off this Madden tease. Yeah, here we go. No, I was going to analyze it from a Madden simulation perspective. So Madden has the Bengals winning 27-17, but some of the most interesting parts of this game that Madden simulated is Joe Burrow's got two interceptions, 67 yards running, and he's sacked five times. So is there a scenario where he gets sacked five times he throws two interceptions and they still win this game. If if Matthew Stafford Matthew Stafford could throw two interceptions too, you know what I mean? Like we could. I don't think he's going to see the pressure that Joe Burrow is going to face in that that front line. I think Burrow is going to be pressed to to get the ball out way too fast. But but times. but they've been game planning that they they've known they're going against Aaron Donald. They know they're going against this team with a bunch of destroyers on the defensive line. Their game plan is probably going to be you know quicker passes, uh, play action passes, get them out of the pocket, establish the run early. The, I mean they're going to do things to kind of remediate that. They're not going to play right into the. A, a traditional five-step drop back, go through your read type offense. That's just not going to be a viable option for the whole game. So we'll have to see how they do with like quick passes and getting the ball to Joe Mixon and maybe maybe a couple screens to Jamar Chase. See what he, he kind of does with a uh, just ball in his hands type mentality. But yeah, it's uh, I think it's gonna be well, a, it's, it's gonna be a good game. Is it is it decided by a field goal? This playoff series, this entire NFL playoff. Dude, most N- most NFL games are decided by a field goal. Yeah, but it's a kick. It's been a kicking fantasy this year. Dude, I've said this since my senior high school. Special teams wins games. <laughs> it also loses games. If you're a Packers fan, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm. 
Great point. Mm. <laughs> so, so Burrow holding the ball too long, got to be efficient. Take the checkdowns if you can, like you said, yep. like you said, Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. Can that Bengals O line hold up? That's the storyline in terms of units. And an old games and grub bit that I was trying to find in our system and unsuccessfully did was remember Super Bowl Fifty Four, I believe it was two years ago. This is twenty twenty. Back on January 25th in our episode, The Big Goodbye, I was so fed up with the dumb storylines. Do you remember this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. If the, if the, I believe that was going to be Super Bowl 50. Okay, that was 54. So that would have been the Chiefs against the 49ers. Yes. Is that correct? Yep. So you couldn't take any of the Patrick Mahomes stuff that was happening. That the year. Patrick Mahomes. I was so fed up with the talk about, oh, because it was in. The, the Super Bowl that year was held in what city? Oh, man. Miami. So it was the Packers were right there, almost there. It would have been Chiefs-Packers Super Bowl one. also was in Miami. That was a dumb storyline. Thank God it didn't happen. But then you had the 49ers, old traditional team. There were a lot of dumb storylines on the Super Bowl week, and I was fed up with it. So I think this year brings, uh, brings three more. Let's play a quick game of favorite dumb storyline of this Super Bowl. Are you ready? And then we have three yeah. good ones. Let's play it. Let's play it. Dumb storyline, okay? Number one, LSU connection between Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Odell Beckham. Well, Odell Beckham's on the other team. He didn't play with them. But the, the LSU connection's 100% a real thing. The, one of the O-linemen, I think, uh, played for LSU, too. Like, like protected Joe Burrow there. Another community now. college down Baton Rouge. Next. Did you say that's a bad one? In- Number two. Whoa, 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 whoa. It it doesn't matter to the actual – and like you just said, the guys are on separate teams. Okay, Aiden, when you go to a basketball game, like a professional basketball game, if you go to a professional football team or game or any type of game like that, when they're introducing the players, do you notice that they're always like, oh, uh, shooting guard out of North Carolina, Michael Jordan. Dude, he's been in the NBA for 12 years. Why do they always say that? Because where you went to college is important. It's part of who you are. And when the fact that Not to Joe Burrow. The fact he just that, called Ohio State a community college. Yeah, but he loves LSU. The Burrow, bro. Burrow. You, do you remember Burrow. watching that video? Yes, but if he where he went, if where he goes to college the first time, and he's been to two others, right? Yeah, it's but it's clearly it's, just it's a not, step. It's not where you start; it's where you finish. It's, it's a step for him to get to the NFL. And I I understand that Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry of the Browns they they love the LSU connection as well. And Jarvis Landry even stepped in one of these Super Bowl Radio Row interviews with Odell. It nobody cares outside of Baton Rouge about the storyline. I'm sorry, nobody cares. I care. Dumb. Story I think it's pretty cool. Number two. One. Yeah. Next one. Second one. The Sean McVay coaching tree. Zach Taylor against McVay. Does it matter to the actual game? Yes, it does. It gives me no juice. Aiden, the connections, no juice. The connections in a coaching tree matter in, in all types of coaching. Coaching tree is huge. Because you know how that guy operates. You're just mad that Belichick's coaching tree sucks. I'm not mad about... Yeah, no, it sounds like you're no, kind of no, mad no, no, that no, Sean no, McVay no, no, is no, like 40 no, no, years no. old and he has a better coaching tree than Bill Belichick already. I understand that you Bill guys don't have assistants That you guys don't have assistants that leave New England and go do great things elsewhere and Josh, Josh McDaniels is going to suck in Las Vegas and Matt Patricia was garbage and... And you guys are getting Adam Gase back now. I think this Listen, all stems from your your crabby little 
New England Patriots post-Tom Brady fanhood. This is why we're here, to talk about the worst of the three. This may not win the worst of the three, but it's on the list because it's overused this week in the Super Bowl media week and has nothing to do with the actual X's and O's of the game. So that's number two. Last one before we get through this painful segment. Rams playing the Super Bowl in their home stadium again because it happened last year in Tampa. Doesn't matter. It does matter. That's, they, that's not a little storyline. That's a, a huge story. They get a, they get to sleep in their beds the night before the game. You could argue that the Bengals would have the advantage yeah. by not playing in the home state. You, yeah, you could you could argue that, but that's part of the storyline is that the Rams are at home, so it, it it seems like a normal week of football to them, except there's more people in town, and the Bengals have to sleep in a hotel just like any other road game. There's there's different dynamics there. There's different levels of distractions. There's um, I, I dude, I I don't, I can't believe you think that all three of these storylines are know, dumb. Do you know why this last one doesn't matter? Because Rams and home stadium do not belong in the same sentence. This game will be what yeah, seventy thousand no, at SoFi no, Stadium. But see, but see, Rams have zero fans dude, there. It doesn't that, matter. This is a totally because what if the Rams lose? Think about how much. Think about how much that affects their team dynamic with the stadium and their fans in the coming years. They have no fans. That's the point. No, they do have fans. <laughs> Brian, they don't no, have any fans. The Chargers don't have any fans. The 49ers... For the NFC Championship game, crowded SoFi. There was no Rams fans. Yeah, there. the 49ers are the Everyone predominant team TV. in the area. All right, boys. All right. Best Super Bowl city to host the Super Bowl. What would it be? I, I heard a draft it's of not best Minnesota. Super Bowl city. Get out of here. No, it's not Minnesota. Minnesota is pretty cool, though. I think New Orleans. I, I've heard New Orleans is good. I've heard Miami's good. I've heard LA. I've heard the one in LA is pretty good. I've also heard Indianapolis is a good place to host a Super Lucas Bowl. Lucas Oil? Yeah. Because it's a dome. I'm going to go New Orleans, too, because yeah. you have no problems with the weather. The game is in the dome. Great party city. Bourbon Street. What's your? So we both New Orleans. Yeah. So where are you going with Um, Nah, I'd go like Miami. Yeah. Okay, Miami. Right. I just I think, think Miami Stadium is a little weak but because you got the mystique. A hard of, Rock? Uh, what's it called? Dude, I think Foxborough is kind of weak. We're not talking about it, bro. You're trying to get under my Patriots skin here. Um, Okay, but but let's let's look at these storylines, though. Aiden doesn't like friends from college. Aiden doesn't like uh, old co-workers. And Aiden also doesn't like people being able to play in their home stadium. That's from college. Oh, the LSU. Yeah, LSU connection, man. You just put it into your Because it's overused. Dude, I At can't. Point, I can't believe cares. you don't like those Super Bowl storylines. I'm. Are you up. even a fan of the NFL? I'm, I'm a man of the people. I'm. St- everybody listening on the podcast on live right now, they're like, "Wow, somebody finally said that this is an overused thing in the media this week." Right. I'm the man of the people. I'm right. standing up for people. Let's see what you want to talk about. It. Yeah, Here you go. yeah. Well, let's, let's see the real storylines. The quote-unquote real storylines that we're hearing are about the players. Players themselves, Burrow, Stafford, and I'll throw Odell in there as well because it's a fun, it's a fun comeback story that people like to. What's your favorite out of, who, out of those three? Out of those three, so so cre- Joe Joe Burrow trajectories. Joe Burrow come back from injury. Matthew Stafford come back from relegation to the Detroit Lions, <laughs> and Odell ba- Beckham Jr. come back after relegation to the Cleveland Browns. Those are three good storylines. I. I told you when Matthew Stafford got traded 
to the Detroit Lions or from the Detroit Lions to the Los Angeles Rams, I said, "Oh boy, this is going to be trouble." I wasn't a believer. This You're is right. going to be trouble. I think I even said they might make the Super Bowl. They might win the Super Bowl. They might just mess around and win the Super Bowl. And look at them now. <laughs> people, people like to act like, "Oh, Matthew Stafford, 0 for three in playoff games with the Detroit Lions." Yeah, he played for the Detroit Lions. What do you expect? They're the worst team in possibly any sport history. They are a dysfunctional organization, and people like to blame the, these playoff losses 100% on Matt Stafford. When you get to the playoffs, you're playing great teams. One good player can't carry a team through the playoffs. Takes a whole team, takes a village. I'm happy that he is in the Super Bowl now. Stafford's and, your guy for that three list? Uh, that's my favorite storyline, yeah. I'd say. I, li- I like the Burrow. Like yeah. I, like we were talking about earlier, the comeback from from the highest of highs down to the ACL injury and then back up. It, that's Dude, crazy. He's he's hardly played any NFL football. He's hardly played any NFL football, and he's Which at, makes the, it he's even at crazier, the top though. of the league. Wild. It makes it even crazier that he's hardly played any. All right, here's here's a super or here's a Zach Super here, Bowl storyline. Tell me if you like it. Just the whole. And uh, it's good for the NFL because it shows that you can draft the number one overall quarterback and go from the worst team in the league on a perennial bad team. Yeah. One good draft pick, you get your guy, you get some good people on the staff, you get a few other good players. You can turn your team around in two years. I guess it shows it. I yeah. Gu- I guess you're and, right. And, and I never see that. The same, the same thing happened when Philly won the Super Bowl. That Philadelphia team two years prior was garbage. They won like three games. They drafted Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was good at first. He got him to the playoffs, got injured, and then Nick Foles took over. But that team went from the bottom of the NFL to the top. Just like that. Is that how you want a league to operate? These super, uh, no, I just say it's nice. It's refreshing. It's not always the same teams, it's not always the same guys. You know, Tom Brady played the best football of his career this year, just about. So how about and he, the, and he didn't make it? And he's the best player of all time. How so, about these teams tanking? How about that Brian Flores story about the him getting paid to it's garbage to lose games so then he can get that first draft pick? You just proved it to be true though. Yeah, but you can not, grab a guy and not, win two years later. Yeah, but well, that's that's a, not every team can do that. And they got two and they've done nothing with him. I mean, that lawsuit still has to come out about yeah. all the Stephen Ross allegations. So who knows if that's Obviously, you can speculate. All right, if you're if you're a head coach of an NFL team, somebody offers you a hundred thousand dollars to lose each game. <laughs> no, what are you doing? No, Zach's Integrity. Zach's taking the money and running. I'm not, I'm not, get I'm out not of here. doing it. No, <laughs> Brian's taking the money, going to the casino. He's probably gonna go see Jordan, find him somewhere, play some dice. Yeah, play some craps. <laughs> play some craps. All right, All right, should we do official predictions? You want to do the predictions before or after the fun fun gambling stuff? Oh, let's do fun gambling stuff. All right, fun gambling stuff. That's what we're going to call this segment. Because <laughs> the Super Bowl, boys and girls, will be a lot of will be a lot of uh, first time gambler appearances in America. You'll see a lot of people putting a little shekels on this, a little it's, it's change cool. on that. It's cool to see each year gambling becoming like more and more acceptable and mainstream i gotta give aiden credit for this real big credit because back in our international marketing class i don't know a year ago he was talking about this gambling industry glowing up and it's happened in the past year like crazy and it's gotten (laughs) mass uh acceptance people are starting to be okay with it states are starting to realize and you know what drives everything money you know what drives it pop what what has pop culture what is pop culture these days twitter twitter tiktok instagram 
TikTok, I see people posting about their bets on there. Mm. One of the girls came up to me the other day and said, "Hey, I'm gonna go Rams money line." Oh my god! And it it <laughs> just the the TikTok is basically say like Rams oh, money no, line no, no, to no. your you're, boyfriend or something. Yeah, so, no, so, no, no, here, yeah, you hear the story? Molly, Molly texted this to me. I, I was at the grocery store and I get the text from Molly. She goes, "Should I take Rams to cover the spread or Bengals money line?" And I said, "Molly." <laughs> Those two things can't happen. Mutually exclusive. She, she said. Yes. She said, "I'm gonna do a parlay." <laughs> and I said, "You're gonna lose money." I said, "That's a great hedging strategy." <laughs> <laughs> but no, like seriously, these people. What if? What if they actually went in and did a parlay of something like that? Can, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't. It wouldn't let me accept. I think it would let you book. accept. Well, you just have to play separate bets. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to. That's funny. Though. You wouldn't be able to parlay it. Oh my gosh! It, they sent. They said, "Send this exact." That was a TikTok trend. Send this exact, you know, blur, blurb of crap to a boy in your life, your your guy friend, your boyfriend, your husband, whatever it is, your fiance, and I had no idea. And it was so funny because I think we were making dinner, and you're like, "Read this text." Like, listen to this text that Molly just sent. And it was the most outlandish thing, and so let's see it again. Rams. So you. So the Rams are favored by three and a half points. She said, "Should I pick Rams the Rams to, to cover, cover the spread?" Yeah. And then so winning by bingles. four points or more, and then the or money line Bengals, which means the Bengals no. are going to win. So those two things, you can't have the Bengals winning and the Rams winning by four. That's exactly. two impossible impossibility alleys. <laughs> <laughs> Made up a new word there. Impossibility. Impossibilities. You got it. No, let's get into these Super Bowl halftime props. Fun gambling stuff. Here we go. All right, here we go. Top 10 prop bets. We've got 10. This is how much gambling goes on during the Super Bowl. So we've got the 10 best props that you can make your picks on. Okay. Number one, let's start at the beginning of the game. Over under national anthem time. This is one of my favorites every year. Mickey Guyton, the country artist, is singing. Do you know who that is? I actually don't. No, but no. country artists tend to like short and short and sweet. No, I'm thinking long and long and uh, vocal. Just like I'm have to listen to some Mickey Guyton. Yeah, music we, before this. Should we get her on the? Should we get her on the old ox cord right now? Oh, it's, before it's, we a, get it's out? a woman. <laughs> I, I, Mickey, yes. I, Mickey. I thought it was gonna be a man. Yeah, <laughs> she's no Thurlow Bailey. No. <laughs> uh, All right, no. Her biggest I'm, song, dude. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. We got a long national anthem. All right, let's dumb I'm, down the music. I'm here. looking at it now. We got a long national anthem ahead. All right, 200 seconds. Her her song. Her Lines her one. number one song is better than you left me. Let's play a clip from this. Listen to the speed of her voice. Listen to her cadence. See how she does. So the and over the over under is 104 and a half seconds for the national anthem. Nine. So that's about. This is a minute and a half, minute, almost two minutes. Yeah. Almost two minutes, minute and 40. Minute 40. All right, here we go. Here's Mickey Guyton singing the national anthem this year at the Super Bowl. This is Mickey Guyton. It's right when she starts her voice. Yes. Yeah, dude, this is slow. <laughs> was that a guitar or was that her voice? That was her voice. <laughs> you said goodbye. Over. Yeah, yeah. Hammer the Hammer over. It. Hammer the over. Cut this. Cut this. <laughs> cut it. Cut it. Yep. Are you kidding me? That's the easiest over I've ever heard in my life. She she ain't going quick through the national anthem. No way. 
watching you go I couldn't breathe No, I just couldn't yeah. see No, no. okay, we're still Over <laughs> This is slower than Green Day <laughs> Yeah Jeez Okay, so there's your pick for the first one <laughs> Alright, coin toss This one, this one like somebody might get kicked out of the studio if they have the wrong answer. What, I don't. Well, you're guessing tails no matter what. Yeah, tails never fails. But there's not not going to be a head or a tail on it. It's going to be the Super Bowl emblem and then someone's face on the other side. Probably Goodell. Yeah, but what about one of them's one of them's heads and one of them's tails? Okay, what about you, Aiden? Tails never fails. You know what also rhymes with tails and fails? What? Tails always fails. Now let's go with heads. As the <laughs> Your face. <laughs> we have to make it somewhat interesting here as a you show. Why jo- you wanna know why Josh Allen didn't get the ball in overtime? You didn't pick tails? Because he did heads. Mm. I like Josh Allen though. Heads, so. heads, heads, you will dreads. But then the Chiefs, the Chiefs had that overtime. What was the Chiefs Bengals overtime coin toss? Didn't they the Chiefs won it and they still didn't win the game? So yeah. coin right. toss. All right, favorite uh, favorites for the first touchdown of the game: Cooper Cup plus five fifty, Joe Mixon plus seven fifty. I always like these ones. Yeah, first touchdown. Air, air, ground. Who we got? Cooper Cup in the air, Joe Mixon on the ground. What I about? Feel like this is the one where the favorite almost never gets it. It's gonna be some random. It's tight gonna be, end. no. It's gonna be like jo- T Higgins, yeah, Jamar I could Chase. Yeah, T Higgins. Like, like, give me. A, g- He's a big, me, big threat in the red o- zone. OBJ early in the game. They they have a lot of focus on Cooper Cup. They don't want to get gashed by the triple crown, uh, triple crown in the NFL. I, I dark I put, horse Sony Michelle. A little bit on OBJ and he I scored a, a Super Bowl touchdown. He scored a touchdown before yeah. and one of the biggest touchdowns in Super Bowl history. Oh, here's a great one. How many players will have a pass attempt over under two and a half? These are this one's some of my one of my favorites just because it could happen in an instant. All it takes is one person to pick up a ball and just toss Boom. it. An attempt. All it, ta- all it takes is an attempt. I'm saying fake punt, fake field goal. Over, but I think it happens uh, in a weird flea way. Flicker. I bet it's like a fumble. Some dude picks it up and just chucks it out of bounds. Attempted yeah. pass. Or like maybe Joe Burrow gets roughed up and has to come out of the game for like one play. Yeah. Ooh, that's you know a mean? good yeah. theory too. Like, yeah, you know, Brandon I, Allen has to come in. But are you throwing the ball in that situation? Probably just run it. True. Oh, see, there's dude, there's a lot of things. See, but Vegas knows, man. Vegas, Vegas knows. knows. That, yeah, that's our. You, you, one, if you have a gambling problem, call one eight hundred Gambler. And remember, Vegas knows. <laughs> Vegas knows. All right, this this might be my favorite one. First song played in the halftime show, as you probably know by now, the list features Dr. Dre, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, and Snoop Dogg. Some new music coming out for them to promote the show. First song played. There's a lot of favorites among a lot of books I've seen. California Love, minus 110. The next episode, plus 200. Or Lose Yourself, minus 204. I think California Love is the win. Dude, I, I think the next episode, man. You think? I, I think they open up with it. You, you hear that beat. It's going to echo throughout that freaking beautiful stadium. Dude, they're going to rock that place. I'm, so this I'm is, really excited for the, the Super Bowl halftime show. So and Snoop, I'm not usually somebody that's excited for the Super Bowl halftime show. You want to know why? Because it's the first time hip-hop has taken center stage immediate in a Super Bowl. You saw a, another great interview. Snoop. Dre and Mary J did the Super Bowl Pepsi press getting ready for it and that's what they were talking about 
how hip hop is going to take the center stage. And as a hip hop fan, as we all are, they could take the stage and then never give it back or you know, they'll give it back to a or, country artist next yeah, year. Dude, Mickey think, Guyton will do think it. Think about year. it. Think if they like overthink the performance and they come out and just lay an egg. It's a whole it's the worst Super Bowl halftime performance of all time. It, and but like they 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 chalk it off as it it was art, but like nobody enjoys it. Get out of here, dude! It, like it could happen. You never know nowadays. <laughs> you never know what they're gonna give you. Um, next prop: color Gatorade poured on the winning coach. I hate this one. Why, dude? I mean, like, so here here's the deal. This year, the Bengals always have orange Gatorade. That's why it's plus one eighty six. Oh, low, do you best. know that? Yeah. Oh, that's they always have orange Gatorade. <laughs> So why is green, yellow, and lime together there? Because that, that different. general color. Yeah, but there's a difference between yellow Gatorade. Is there yellow Gatorade? No. No. Hey, a lemon. There's a but there's the lemon lime. Lemon lime. Okay. That's I think that's what they're going for. Got it. Why don't you like this one? I don't know, bro. It's just what like what if they pour water? I don't know. That's also on there. Really. Yeah, clear or water. It, it, I only put the favorites up on our notes. All right, now how do you determine that color? Say like one dude puts a little dye in that water. Then we'd have to have a deflategate situation. And have to yeah, have what a full fledged. What if it's like report? What if it comes out and it like looks like a four loco? <laughs> it's like a it's like a thick green sludge. <laughs> it's actually Nickelodeon slime. Can that be on the prom sheet? <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Will Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth reference the game spread? Yeah. Over under half yeah. times. Yeah. I think they have to. You think? Yeah. It's always a, it's always a uh, it's always a toss. Will Will Chris Collinsworth slide into the screen? Oh, absolutely. Is that is can I bet on that? Will Chris Collinsworth say the following? Let me tell you about this blank player. Let me <laughs> tell you about this Cooper Cup. Let me tell you about this Joe Burrow. <laughs> I could do Chris all day. Dude, Chris Collinsworth, he has such a mockable like personality. Yeah. And the the dude the Joe I know we've talked about it, but the Joey Molinaro videos. If you haven't checked them out, you gotta go check them out. Back in the day, Al, when I was a ride receiver, we used to get our teeth kicked in and we didn't even take a player off, Al. <laughs> Back in the day, Al. They used to kick field goals. The p- goalposts were in front of the end zone, Whoa. not the back. Okay, Al. Sorry, sorry. Is this next prop? Is this real? Yes. Want to read it? Cooper Cup total receptions or USA gold medals. What's the what's the medal count right now? I bet USA gold medals has that easy. USA is actually the underdog there at plus 145. Cooper Cup total receptions over. They have over. five gold medals right now. And the Olympics are like halfway over. Okay, so... Cooper Cup total receptions minus 175 versus USA gold medals at the Winter Olympics plus 145. So basically, if he gets like 10, 10 receptions, yeah. he probably has it in the bag. I like that bet. That's a that's a cross sport one I threw. Dude, how do they underwrite the risk on that? Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is this might be one of my favorites and might be one of the best bang for your buck out there. Best team prop. Bengals over one and a half field goals. So, oh, so does that mean like like three point field goal kicks or one or Brian? Are you okay, buddy? Or does that mean just like total kicks, like extra points included? Field goals. Okay, field so goals. field three goal, points. Field goals yeah. only. Okay. 
I thought, you, I thought you were a kicker in high school. Yeah, but you never know how these people are phrasing things. I mean, they're all field goals. So the bank. Did you read it? Yeah, I read. Yes, I read it. But over one and a half, like field goals. It says it. Yeah, but it's still a field goal if it's an extra point. It's just a. No, oh, that's not. an extra point. It's attempt. an extra point field goal attempt. No, no it's not a field goal. No, it's not a field goal. It's an extra point attempt. You're still kicking it through the uprights. It's still a field goal. But it's goal. an extra no. point. It's all. No. They're all kicks. They're all kicks. Here, here's a different kicking bet that you can make. Will they? Will it be a touchback, the first kick of the game? Oh, yeah. And Pat McAfee has a whole take that they use different balls in the Super Bowl than they use the rest of the year, so that's a bad bet to take. Don't. It's not going to be a touchback? That it's not going to be a touchback. So it's going to be a heavier ball? Yeah, I think something like that, because the, the ball they kick off with goes to Canton, and it's only played for one play. Oh, that's they, sick. They kick it off, they take the ball, and they take it straight to Canton. That's super cool. Okay. So no touchback. You like that. We like minus 115. Bengals over one and a half field goals. Zach Taylor loves going to our man. Uh, what is this? What is this new trademark? The the Mick kick or what's it? Evan, Mac, Evan, uh, Evan, kick, kick Fierson. Evan kick Fierson over one and a half field goals. Last one. We've gone from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. MVP. Matthew Stafford's your favorite at plus 100. Burrow plus 20, 225. Cup plus 600 is going to be someone else in that list. Is it going to be a Odell Beckham? Is it going to be an Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald, for sure. Dude, he could, if he, like, think about it. If he gets three sacks, he's Super Bowl MVP. Unless Matthew Stafford just goes off on the other side. Get out of here. No. (laughs) No? Cooper Cup. It it could be. Cooper Cup all day. Could be. It usually takes a major performance by a skill player and not a major performance by a quarterback to have the quarterback not be the MVP. So, like, if you think about the last few MVPs... Tom Brady wasn't an MVP that year, or one of those years. Out of his seven Super Bowls, I think he was MVP in five of them. Five. So... Wasn't, like, James White? uh, James... Excuse me. uh, A defensive... Oh, my gosh, this is so bad. The Malcolm Butler Super Bowl, Brady still won it. Yeah. Which is up for debate. Anyway, uh, Edelman won it in the... Super Bowl against the Rams when they beat McVay in his first Super Bowl. That was Edelman's huge game. He won it that time. So there you go. There's your fun sports gambling needs for the Super Bowl. Your top five, excuse me, ten. I'm used to saying top five tweets. Top ten prop bets of Sunday. 414-288-7091. Again, 414-288-7091. And on Instagram and Twitter, at grub mur all right it's time to pass the torch to from college basketball talk to the nba all right we'll we'll keep we'll keep this quick we i want to i want to unpack the james harden trade situation we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't mention it and drama so james harden dysfunctional in brooklyn with Kyrie and kd it's not working out kd's not healthy Kyrie is uh he's uh, I think he's out researching. I think is what uh, the classification is. He can only Kyrie. Yeah. He can only play away games. <laughs> so James Harden not working out there. Ben Simmons obviously we mentioned it earlier not working out in Philly. Naturally suited trade partners worked out well for both teams. And then I see this come out yesterday. Brooklyn Nets executive on the growing rift between Kyrie and James Harden. Ooh. 
Kyrie beat James Harden one-on-one almost every day in practice, and Kyrie was barely even in basketball shape. It demoralized Harden. Things were reaching the breaking point when Kyrie called Harden washed after completely locking him up in one scrimmage. An assistant had to break up the two as tempers flared, and the relationship spiraled downhill from there. Imagine you're James Harden. You are a top 15 player in the NBA. Right. Yep. And there's a guy who's not even in basketball shape, but he's just better than you. And he shows up to practice every single day. And beats you. And whoops you in a one-on-one, locks you up, calls you washed, and that guy's not even playing. That guy's not even playing. <laughs> How would that make you feel? Well, does it say more about James Harden in this trade? If he's upset by the whole wash thing if he's not like he is like living in brooklyn Dude, or benson i think i think he's probably pretty motivated james harden i think i think no. him and no i think he's gonna I be motivated got, i also think that ben here. simmons no. is gonna start playing again no, soon he, brian he's, he's acting like antonio brown out here he is he's the antonio brown in the nba being an absolute joke yeah i mean yes and no I, I see it from the perspective he thought that things were gonna work out in brooklyn he thought that you know Steve Nash was probably going to be a better coach than he is. He thought that Kyrie would be playing and that they'd get a decent team around them, and they really haven't. They've been injured. Steve Nash doesn't. It's functional. S- you know what the simple answer is, though? If he thought things were going to win in Brooklyn. Oh, I'm not saying that. Stay one more year. Dude, I'm not saying it's not his fault. I'm not yeah. saying that he's perfectly in the right, but it just mm. it just didn't, didn't work out the way no. he wanted it. I hope he fails. I, I don't hope many people fail. I hope he fails. I oh, don't like his vibe. Dude, see, here's the thing. I'm not worried because I know he's never going to win a championship. So it's like... James Harden? Oh, dude, he's he's not going to win a championship. And then... He came so an- close, those Rockets teams. And another thing I saw, th- and this one really like kind of raised my eyebrows, is he's going to have... I, I think Brian Windhorst or somebody like that got a text from a former NBA player. And they said... James Harden's going to have a real hard time finding somebody to speak at his Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Really? Like, like Is think that about, a good thing, though? Think Isn't about finding like... a former teammate to speak at your Hall of Fame induction. Did Michael Jordan have trouble with that? Yeah, that's what he I'm had, saying. He had, like, a random person. like, Or it wasn't a teammate. It was, like, a f- you have to get somebody that's already in the hall to induct you into the hall. Oh. You, you want that good push, Is though. James Harden a Hall of Famer? Um, I see. I would say no. Today, I say no. If he wins one championship and he's won, All right, you know, batch flip, of scoring titles. Flip back to football real quick. Is Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer? If even if he wins the Super Bowl, no, dude. Not if he. Aiden. He had. He he hasn't built a Hall of Fame career up to this point. Okay, so Hall next. So when he wins the Super Bowl tomorrow, and <laughs> next week on Games to Go, we're gonna unpack why Matt Stafford is a Hall of Famer. All right. All right. Work on it, yeah. but what if they don't win? Then, then you have less work to do. Well, no, th- yeah, then I do have less work to do because then his argument's a lot less sound. But I mean, if he's a perennial playoff quarterback from now on, he'll be a Hall of Famer. Nope. I mean, well, that's that's saying something else. He, yeah, he has to be a perennial playoff quarterback, even if he wins the Super Bowl this year. He just we'll, won his first we'll playoff un- game. This we'll year. unpack the stats on that next year if he wins the Super Bowl. If he doesn't, so you're just pushing it off. You're like, if he wins this, he might be. 
Yeah, bro. If Tom Brady won five That's more Super Bowls, he'd be two more Hall of Fames in. <laughs> he'd have three more three more Hall of Fame yeah. careers than he already has. All right. Well, that's enough NBA for now. It was okay. it was a crazy trade deadline. I just wanted to unpack the James Harden and Kyrie drama a little bit because I think that's hilarious. Do you, do you like that pushback? I think there's a healthy healthy push you can have between players on a team. Like yeah, if you're yes, pushing each yes. other, yeah. and like grinding it out, similar to. Here you go, Shaka and uh, Kolak on the sideline in that Villanova game. But who do you who do you think is like the ring leader of the Brooklyn Nets? Because if it's if Kyrie is like the alpha mentality in the room, which I don't feel like he is, I don't. And KD doesn't really seem like an alpha either. And James Harden maybe would be, but isn't Kyrie. because Kyrie he's in the room is. with Kyrie. I think KD so would it, still be there. So Kyrie's Kyrie's the alpha. He he's running the the tempo of everything. He's the soul of everything. And he's not playing yeah, half the games. That's the reason. And he's not playing yeah. half the games. That's a problem. Yeah. So But the problem with Kyrie is, and we saw this in Boston, obviously Zach and I, he's a dysfunctional leader. He tries to be the alpha, but that team went nowhere when he was leader. And that room. team has gone nowhere since he's been gone. So should We're, we should we do a quick uh quick wow, bet that, <laughs> quick underhanded Celtics jab uh NBA we need to that's look at also the NBA standings. towards a team that's won fifteen of their last twenty games Celtics yeah all right all right buddy so uh, trading away hey you guys and are thirty you say you say that team's done nothing the Celtics just signed Sam Hauser to a full time deal yep <laughs> that's Office doing something all right the Celtics are starting to uh, gain some separation over the Timberwolves. <laughs> They are the Timberwolves are twenty nine and twenty seven, the Celtics are thirty two and twenty five. Okay, so couple two three games in the win column, yeah, and two games in the loss column. Two games, so a lot of games, games. five games, a lot of games to play, a lot of games to play. The season long bet between the wins Timberwolves versus Celtics. Although the Wolves are in a playoff spot, you're in the seventh seed right now in the West. Confident you gonna hold on to that? Oh yeah. Yeah, I think make the play-in tournament. At but least. see, that's the thing. If we make the play-in, and like, what ha- what happens if we have to play LeBron in the play-in game? LeBron's Beat washed, him. bro. Get out of Beat here, him. dude. LeBron is washed, but that doesn't mean he's not going to win. This is the argument one. that I was making about the NCAA tournament that you would not support. What? What? You're going to get a bad draw in that play-in game, are you not? Like, if you played LeBron, that'd be a bad draw for you guys. That'd just be tough. Right. All right. Yeah. Marquette going in as a five seed into the NCAA tournament, and you get matched up against John ja Morant. Dude, no, That's a no, tough no, 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 stop it. We let one player beat us because here's what here's when we play when you play a guy like John ja Morant and, a, and on a team like Murray State, he, you got to either do one thing: you got to let what let him you beat you, let him beat you by scoring the ball and not passing the ball, or let Zach's him standing up and let chair. him beat you by. Passing the ball and not scoring the ball. We let him pass and we let him score. We let him do whatever he wanted up and down the court. And we played like a bunch of pansies that game. So when the Timberwolves make that playing game, play the Lakers and lose the Lakers, you're going to say the same thing about LeBron. What? That he was the one guy that did it all and he just it, beat you. Yeah, probably. He'll probably put up a 40-point game, play 40 minutes. And that's a tough draw. That's it, just It is a tough what's draw. The, what's the point? What's the argument? Just it, ma- it matters who you play in that playing game is my point. Like, yeah, oh yeah, you're gonna get hundred percent. It matters, but then not in the NCAA tournament. In the NCAA tournament, you got to play hard teams no matter what. I think certain teams. Murray State was Marquette wasn't gonna Murray win. State was Marquette the best wasn't gonna make that it. Year in the we weren't gonna make it to the Sweet Sixteen if we got a better draw. Yeah, we probably would have lost Dude, the next game. I agree. We would have we would have lost the next week just like Murray State. Just so like you guys. So are we're gonna... talking about the round of sixty four, the round of thirty two here. What's the real distinction? Well, to a 
to be fair, we we're at a four year pace where Marquette has never won a tournament game. Yeah, that's I think bad. that means a lot. Yeah. We haven't even made the tournament two of the years we've been here. We made the tournament. The no, we that. didn't. All right. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. All right. We were not going to make the tournament that year. COVID. You guys are ridiculous. Okay. You we guys are ridiculous. agree to disagree on that. Zach and I believe that the COVID year Marquette would have been in the tournament. Brian does not. You know who will certainly be in the tournament? Gino, Luigi, Ariema. <laughs> so, speaking of Hall of Famers, we got to pay, pay off this tease. Said we're going to talk about it. Marquette women's basketball tomorrow. Playing UConn at the Isle here at home. We'll be there. Come they, see us. They might have just gotten kicked out of the bubble of the women's tournament with the loss to Villanova. A tough loss on the road. Um, Marquette women's basketball? Yeah. They're not going to make the tournament? They're on the bubble. They were on the bubble. They might have just got pushed off the off the side. They need a big win. Need a big win Can I? UConn on Sunday. Is, do they have odds, like like gambling odds for like games like this? Bro, I don't know. Um, but we'll be there at the Al McGuire Center. I think so. One o'clock, I believe. One thirty, maybe, on Sunday, against Gino Ariema and the UConn Huskies at the Al McGuire that's Center. That's a nationally syndicated game. Is that on FS1? Big Fox. Big Fox. Oh, big boy Fox. We're gonna be in the Al McGuire Center. We're gonna be chirping at Luigi Gino. That's his real name. That's his birth name. For those yeah, he's he's from Italy. He's yeah. he's from Italy. Grew up in the mountains. Yeah. So what? What can watch? We, watch his master class. So, so how can we, we chirp? Where can we chirp at Gino Ariam? We're just gonna chirp Luigi at him. I mean, Mario, Mario, who's Luigi. The, who's the Notre Dame women's head coach? Muffet McGraw. Yeah, Muffet Muffet McGraw. They they got in a whole beef recently. So we chant Muffet <laughs> McGraw at him because they're in beef. Yeah, they, they got some beef going. I believe Muffet was just like UConn women's basketball gets Sucks. way too much hype. Yeah, no, that's what she said. She said the media is like overhyped. Yeah, has been on them for twenty years, but if you look at their track record, they've won nearly. Like <laughs> they have the right to be up there in national media because Gino Arima has brought this team to a national championship almost every year he's been there. Yeah, they've won. They've won I don't even know how many, and they don't lose games very often. They, they, they go, like, years at a time without losing. There's been times where it's like, oh, the last time they lost was three years in the second week of the season. And it's we like, just saw that two weeks ago, or not even a week ago, with Villanova beating UConn being their first in-conference loss in three years. Yeah. So if Marquette can, can get the job done, we'll be chirping at Luigi. I'd be pumped up. I'm already pumped up. Dude, we're going to get spanked. Not going to be a good-looking game. <laughs> on uh, the other side of things, everything Marquette going on uh, today, tomorrow, moving forward, we have men's lacrosse today in Louisville, Kentucky against Bellarmine. Good job Ooh. good job to the Marquette uh, track track and field team, or the, just the track? Yeah, he mentioned no it field. Yep. Did, did you? Mention it yeah, yeah. briefly. Oh, well, congrats to them on running yesterday. Yeah, I got some uh, quick stats <laughs> up here if you want me to. Yeah, let, me let's let's read off some stats. So we had uh, Dan, Dan, Dan the, man. the Man with a 14.45 5K. That is fast. That is a PR. We have Jordan. Dude, you could run that. No. Jordan yeah, dude, a 14.45, that's at easy 14, money. 14.49, David Zeller at 14.55. So those are three guys under 15 in that 5K indoor at GVSU. Uh, Dan the man at a 26 second PR Patrick Hetledge like I talked about that 413 mile last week comes in <laughs> this week with a 3k with a time of 833 what, <laughs> it's what? Just, that's 200 meters under a 2 mile dude that's ridiculous 833 and then uh, Cade Farron 800 meter personal best time 
of 153.77. And of course, Greg Van Hollen. I, right, believe... I don't care how fast he ran, so <laughs> we, can, right. we can wrap Greg this up. Let's wrap, best up. Of Let's wrap this up here. I believe they cropped his arms when they were posting on Twitter <laughs> because they're bigger than that. I'm telling you, they are. <laughs> Great. Let's end on that. <laughs> oh, my God. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy Marquette women's basketball tomorrow. Enjoy men's basketball today first, women's second. Men's lacrosse, women's lacrosse, men's basketball, women's oh, basketball. Oh, shoot. We got a basketball game in three hours, boys. Let's go. This is yawning. Oh. We've officially hit high noon here at Central Time. That'll do it for us. Catch us next week. We'll recap the Super Bowl, Marquette basketball, I'm sure, and much, much more. This has been Games and Grub. This has been Games Games and and Grub. Games and Grub.